Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the Tyler Morgan Show here on Podbean.com, Podbean app, RelentlessDaring.com, or wherever you happen to stream your favorite podcast. So, Lots of shenanigans, tomfoolery, and all the like going on here uh, this week. We're going to look at a few of those stories. You know, Stephen Breyer has announced that he is going to be retiring at the end of the Supreme Court term this summer, which means Joe Biden is now on the hunt for a black woman. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The most qualified person to serve in his seat on the Supreme Court. Also, uh, the state of Pennsylvania has ruled that the no, or however they phrase it, their mail-in voting rule where, yeah, I just want to mail it in. Yeah, they ruled that law is unconstitutional and other stories, but first let me talk to you about one of the truly great presidents. Calvin Coolidge, also known as Silent Cal, he's a man of remarkably few words. Legend has it that at a at a state dinner or a fancy dinner, a woman who understood that he didn't say a whole lot told him that she had bet her friend that she could get him to say more than two words to her that evening. Without replying to her, he simply said, you lose, and spoke no other words for the rest of the night. Like I said, that's a story that Calvin Coolidge, to his dying day, that, that never happened, but oddly enough, it is on the WhiteHouse.gov web, website. So, is it true? Is it not? I don't know. But Calvin Coolidge was described by a Democrat admirer as distinguished for his character more than for heroic achievement. And this is a guy who firmly believed in the free market taking, just letting it go. Taxes were lowered to the point where the richest people in America were only paying 2%, and his decisions and his hands-off handling of the economy allowed our nation to flourish going into the roaring 20s. And so with his ability to have such an effect with being very hands-off. That is why you can get the Silent Cal 3-pound box, also known as the Calvin Coolidge blend, from American Pride Roasters. I said, by 1927, only the wealthiest 2% of taxpayers paid federal income tax. Coolidge, the, the Coolidge blend is a unique blend of Central and South American beans, a mix of lighter and darker roast to give it nuanced, smooth attributes and subtle boldness. This copy will give you the boost you need to do the day's work. So whenever you go to American Pride Roasters, check out their coffee. On checkout, there'll be special instructions. Tell them in there that you heard about them from the Tyler Morgan Show. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. All right. Back into it for another week. Hey, one of my awesome friends, uh, Adrian Slade, host of the Adrian Slade Show, is in the live chat. What's up, Adrian? Glad to have you here. Um, Yeah, so the biggest story of the week shouldn't really have been a story when it became a story. 
That's because somebody, somebody with inside knowledge, someone on the inside track, leaked that Stephen Breyer was planning on retiring. Now, Im- imagine if you are in the position of, you know, huge, you know, you know, everyone knows who you are. You are a big deal because you're on the Supreme Court, you're in the Senate, you're in Congress, whatever. You are an ambassador. People know you. You have a huge influence on policy in this country. You make the decision that you're going to retire, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, before you can announce it, someone has already made it clear that you are getting out. Well, Stephen Breyer, to say the least, was not very happy about that, but he did confirm, yes, at the end of this term, he is retiring. Which leads to the question of who will be his replacement. There has been, because the day it was announced, it was uh, made pretty clear, yes, it will be a black woman who replaces him, as Joe Biden had promised on the uh, campaign trail. Which, that's nice. You've already eliminated, what, 90% of the population, 95% of the population. I mean, I get it. The The list for who should be eligible for Supreme Court, whether they're a conservative, a libertarian, a progressive, that list is not going to be very long as it is. And the fact that we're going to be looking at progressive judges that means two-thirds of that list is just out the window. Now you're going to knock it down to what, maybe just three or four people on that list of progressive judges who are black women? I mean, since when does the amount of melanin in your skin and having a vagina dictate you know, being able to serve on the Supreme Court? I figure we want someone who you know understands constitutional law. Not so much case law. Case law can stick it up its nose, but constitutional law. Someone who's willing to make hard decisions that, yeah, maybe my side wants me to rule this way, but the Constitution says X, Y, Z, so we have to go with what the Constitution says as much as my political ideology wants me to go the opposite way. I would rather get stabbed in the face by a judge or, and by a Supreme Court that's ruling based on the Constitution than some, you know, some of these John Roberts uh, opinions are these mealy-mouthed, well, you know... You, your case law, and uh, this, that, and the other. I mean, I, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. We want clear, concise decisions. And at least with the current members of the progressive side of the court, when they when they make a an opinion, whether it's they're writing for the majority because they've sided with them, or they're writing a you know, their rebuttal, they're writing their dissent, they don't mince words. So I would rather have that from a progressive than, like I said, John Roberts, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, who just seemed, you know, it's ridiculous. But the good news is, Breyer is holding off on his actual retirement until an actual replacement is found. This is coming from uh, My Daily Freedom. Liberal Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court, but he won't do it until President Joe Biden's pick as Breyer's successor is confirmed. Oh, goody. Breyer doesn't want to risk leaving his seat open in the event the Republicans control the Senate and put a stop to Joe Biden's nominee, which really, 
leads into why the the retirement announcement was made when it was. Apparently, Democrats are very scared that the makeup of the Senate is going to completely change. Why else would you back go ahead and make the announcement now so you retire in June and that gives what six, seven months to you know find the replacement, get them confirmed before they lose the Senate if that's what they're worried about. And, and, and I fully understand why they're doing it. It appears that Republicans can control Senate through 2022 midterm elections if something happens to a Democrat senator and a Republican replacement steps in. So as of now, it appears that Breyer's retirement is completely contingent on Joe Biden's pick as the successor, as the successor is finally... Oh, my God. I don't know if I can't read or if they just can't write. But yeah, but so he's holding the seat hostage pretty much, which I can't say I blame him. If you're worried that you're going to lose the Senate, why not say, yeah, I'm going to stay here until you have a pick who is confirmed? Because wouldn't wouldn't that just be crappy if, uh, I can't pick someone, and I can't find the, I can't find my pudding. Where's my pudding? And then they didn't get someone picked. They lost the seat, and then Stephen Breyer stuck there, going, "Well, crap. You never got someone picked, so now I can't actually retire." But then when it comes to the whole black woman, who is that going to be? I mean, could it be someone from Congress, from the Senate? You know, one of these, you know, someone very useful idiot. You know, well, could it be uh, an Auntie Maxine? God, I hope not. But, or is it going to be what some people are speculating because she's so hated on the ticket? Will it be Kamala Harris? Now, Kamala Harris, I think, is a wise decision on the fact that, um, like I said, she is not in the limelight at all, and she still has a lower approval rating than Joe Biden. How do you have a lower approval rating if no one sees anything you're doing? That just doesn't make sense. So, But then again, is there a whole lot of uh, political clout behind picking her as the... Uh, Supreme Court Justice nominee? Possibly. You can move her, move her to SCOTUS, where she can continue on for the rest of her life, ruining America. But at the same time, and then you can pick someone who be a much better vice president in case Pudding Brain can't make it through course, when I say someone better as vice president, who we all think would be better as vice president, um, is definitely not where they're at. There'd probably be someone far worse than Kamala Harris who would end up being worse than Joe Biden. But I digress. But watching all this uh, come come across, you know, all the, con- I'm not going to say conspiracy theories, but just people floating these ideas that, well, maybe it's Kamala Harris. Maybe there's someone waiting in the wings that, you know, we just, we don't know about. You know, some uh, lower bench judge, you know, from one of the appellate courts or one of the federal circuit seats that, you know, Barack Obama had, had appointed or Bill Clinton had appointed with a long history of progressive ideals that they're, 
that they've been opining on and having writings done for. I mean, honestly, I haven't heard any other names other than Kamala Harris. And then, you know, the whole Joe Biden, I'm going to pick a black woman because melanin and vaginas is the sole thing that makes people eligible to serve on the court. And a lot of people have been bringing up, you know, 1980 when, you know, Ronald Reagan said he was going to nominate the first woman to the Supreme Court. And, you know, he ended up nominating Sandra Day O'Connor and she got, you know, got confirmed. But I mean, I think that's a little bit different. Just in the fact that there were so many, there's still quite a few female judges to choose from. So, yeah, they, they ended up working out well for the liberals anyways because Sandra Day O'Connor, yes, she was nominated by Reagan. She wasn't exactly a conservative. Just, just saying, putting it out there. And... You know, until Amy Coney Barrett, I don't think we've not had a, you know, conservative female on the court. Of course, now they're they're be making the argument that you know, well, whoever gets nominated a black woman be the first woman of color on the Supreme Court, and completely ignore uh, Sonia Sotomayor sitting over there going, "Hey, look at me, I'm brown." It's crazy how they keep doing all this. That they have to play the intersectionality game. Does the intersectionality game really going to have an effect on, you know, doing their job on the bench? I don't think so. Unfortunately, what they're looking for is using their intersectionality as. Well, that's just a lens and how they view the law and how it applies and how they apply their decisions. Well, last time I checked, the Supreme Court exists to, number one, settle disputes between the executive and legislative branches. Like when they said, well, you know, concerning the whole one-six thing, yeah, the White House, we, we can't, we, we're going to withdraw your... Uh, executive privilege concerning communications leading up to 1-6. Okay. That, hey, that's what they exist for. But, you know, of course, then again, they also make rulings like, hey, Joe Biden, you do not, the executive branch does not have the power to change, change the law and, you know, have a federal moratorium on evictions just because of COVID. And then he essentially dropped the Andrew Jackson, let them enforce it. So that's, that's the one crappy thing about the Supreme court is they can make a ruling against the executive branch, but they really don't have a way to enforce the ruling, which, you know, the founders, I guess, didn't see that one coming. As wise and brilliant as they were, they never really saw what happens if the head of the executive just ignores Congress or ignores the Supreme Court. But neither here nor there. But it's scary to think that you know someone's going to get put on the court just because well, the Constitution says this, but my vagina and my skin tone says that we can't do that. My uterus and the melanin in my skin says that's wrong. It's like, okay, but, you know, if the Constitution, you know, that thing that our all of our laws are supposed to be based around... Yeah, are are we going to make rulings on rights protected in the Constitution 
But because skin color gets involved, we're going to say you have more rights than someone else. Uh, Whitey McWhiteyton has less less rights because of you know making up for 500 years of racial oppression on this side of the pond. What's the rationale going to be when they make these rulings? I fortunately we're not looking at a four four court with an open seat because Merrick Garland would probably be fapping away, hoping to God that he gets the gets the appointment at that point. It's just it's a it's a ridiculous thing that we have to think about, you know, putting someone in just because of what's between their legs and how dark their skin tone is. In more Supreme Court news, though, we go to Pennsylvania. Yes, the wonderful state of Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, where their Supreme Court, well, turns out they've determined that their mail-in ballot law was unconstitutional. So for... uh. So for the uh, the Alex Jones, QAnon, all cray-cray people in the back, yes, you can officially say it. Joe Biden is an unconstitutionally elected president. It has been confirmed, again, by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. However, Democrats are already planning on appealing this ruling. All right, so the Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania has found the Commonwealth's no-excuse mail-in voting law, Act 77, is in fact unconstitutional. According to court documents, 14 members of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives filed a petition to block the 2019 law that would allow any qualified voter to vote by mail. The decision by a five-judge Commonwealth Court panel of three Republicans and two Democrats Oh, so now we know why they have decided that they're going to appeal. Ah, this was a this was a partisan ruling. The decision by five panel Commonwealth Court panel of three Republicans and two Democrats could be put on hold immediately by an appeal from Governor Tom Wolf's administration to the state Supreme Court. Oh, okay. So it's not the Supreme Court, it's just a regular state court has made this ruling. But I digress. The law allowed voters to submit a ballot by mail up to 50 days before an election and place voters on a list to permanently receive ballot application by mail. It also established 15 more days to register to vote and extended mail-in and absentee submission deadlines. Act 77 also outlined rules for voting machine decertification and appropriated funding for voting machine upgrades that provide verifiable paper trail. The acting secretary of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Veronica DeGraffenreid, argued that the challenge to no-excuse mail-in voting lacked standing and that the challenge was untimely filed. The Department of State disagrees with today's ruling and is working to file an immediate appeal to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. The Department of State announced that the ruling has no immediate effect on mail-in voting and that voters should request their mail-in ballots for the May primary election. Department added they are notifying all county election boards that they should proceed with all primary election preparations as they were before today's Commonwealth Court ruling. Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who is also running for governor, tweeted that he is confident that the Act 77 will ultimately be upheld as constitutional. The court's ruling and opinion issued by President Judge Emerita Mary Hannah Levitt can be read below. Blah, 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 blah. Tom Wolf said Act 77 made voting more convenient and more secure for millions of Pennsylvanians. Yes, because just, yeah, I'm registered. Uh, send me a mail-in ballot. That, that doesn't 
ever lead to such horribly fraudulent acts as ballot harvesting where they can go, ah, crap, they voted for the other guy. Oh, it fell in the shredder. Oh, my God. Ooh, they left these blank. I'm going to fill this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. That has never, ever happened in the history of, you know, people harvesting ballots, except for those times when, you know, people got like 30-year jail sentences here recently, just after 2020. But I digress. I, I, I'm going down the Alex Jones road, and I, I can't be doing that quite yet. Uh, so over two and a half million people voted under the law in 2020's presidential election, most of them Democrats. <gasps> Shocker. Out of the 6.9 million total cast. So, again, this, this is going to be a knockdown drag out fight over voting laws because Democrats want everybody to vote. Period. End of story. The more people that vote, regardless of, you know, the legality of it, do they have a pulse or not? Are they even human? Because there was that story in 2020 about, you know, an apartment building had ballots for people who haven't lived in that building for like 15 years arriving. There was a ballot for somebody's cat. Someone had written the name of the cat with the owner's last name and requested a ballot. But voting fraud isn't real. Well, okay, nationwide corruption in voting isn't real. Hell, statewide corruption in voting is rarely real. But localized election fraud does happen whether it's a person who intentionally casts an absentee ballot under a false name and then goes and votes in person with their actual name because, hey, I'm casting two votes for the guy who I want to win. That does happen. We see it on occasion. We see stories of people who get drugged, you know, taken to court because, well, I didn't know if my absentee ballot had arrived or because I was, there was no update on it. So I, I thought it got lost in the mail, so I went and voted. I wasn't trying to break the law. And then you see the really weird cases where, not really cases because they never get standing in court, but in certain precincts that are always heavily vote one way, one particular way. Ballots get found in the trunk of a car that <laughs> we, we just picked these up. None of the ballots have creased. None of the ballots have shown any signs of having been through the mail. But, uh, you know, they're perfectly flat, almost looks pre-printed um, ballots, but Whatever, no. Just the fact they showed up and, you know, the ballot counters kicked all the media out shortly beforehand, I'm sure it's completely coincidental. Or when they say, hey, all right, everybody go home for the night. All right, go on, we'll see you in the morning. All right, start counting. They're out of the room. Go, 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 go. But if you bring these things up, Oh, my God, you're a QAnon. How dare you? How dare you question the legitimacy of the election? Well, I mean, your president just said on the podium the other day, uh, we don't pass the Voting Rights Act. The, the next election will be, will, be, will be questionable and illegitimate. Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Donald Trump is crazy conspiracy nut trying to overthrow the country. But Joe Biden says it. It's perfectly hunky-dory. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the damnedest thing. Hmm. Anyways, I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. 
I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so getting back into it, um, so as we know, there's the military jab mandate where if you don't get your jab, bloop, you're out. Well, there's been a lot of talk and discussion that well, if you don't get the jab, it's going to be a dishonorable discharge. You're going to lose all of your benefits, blah, 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 blah. Well... As I have maintained from the beginning that, okay, if the military wants to take this position, as much as people will say, it is your right to serve in the military. The military has criteria that it might be your right to serve, but hey, that broken leg you had after a car accident when you were 18 years old and they had to pin your leg together in like five different places, Congratulations, you are medically ineligible to serve in my military. Oh, you went through a suicidal spell and you spent three days in a mental institution while they got you stabilized and got you started on meds, so that way you're not going to be suicidal anymore. Congratulations, you are psychologically uneligible to serve. There are so many things. Oh, you had a long history of of hard drug abuse? Yeah, you're not serving. Yeah, you lied to us about your criminal record. You didn't tell us that you had like 500 speeding tickets and 15 DUIs. You're not allowed to serve. If you are in the military and you're like me towards the end of my career, Physically, I was having a lot of trouble trying to stay caught up with the young soldiers in my unit. Guess what? Re-enlisting is not a right. It is a privilege. You serve at the privilege of your commander. You may re-enlist at the privilege of your commander. My commander said, dude, we understand you're giving it your all, but you just can't keep up. Yes, the spirit is willing, but the body isn't. It would be best for you and the Army if you did not re-enlist, so we're going to bar you from re-enlisting unless you can physically turn yourself around and show that, yeah, you're getting better. That was hurtful. I didn't like the fact that I had to get out, but it was what it was. But I've moved on. Well, now they're doing the thing with the shots. But the whole idea that, okay, we're going to give you a dishonorable discharge, that has been bunk from day one. Mostly because there's a million reasons where this would be cause for an admin separation where, you know, okay, you're not going to get this shot. Okay, we don't want you. Go away. 
I've seen people who, you know, who piss hot for cocaine get a general discharge just because, you know, the they don't want to completely screw the soldiers over, you know, for any kind of VA health care down the road. So the idea that, well, you wouldn't get your shot, we're going to give you a dishonorable discharge. <laughs> the whole idea was just absolutely asinine. But this week, ah, the Navy, the wonderful U.S. Navy, who has taken our precious pretty Princess D from us and who's no why he is no longer in the chat room because he's currently on a boat. He's on a boat somewhere overseas. Well, the Navy has begun discharging sailors who refuse corona vaccine. And keep in mind, there's still the lawsuit that the Supreme Court ruled on from the Navy SEALs that said, um, what do you mean you're giving out blanket denials for met for religious exemption? You can't do that. You are ignoring your own policies that have been in place for years and years. But the Navy still has not issued a single religious exemption, which I'm sure they went back and they reviewed each case individually, weighed the merits of each application, and determined that they were still wanting. So anyways, this is from Breitbart, so take it with a grain of salt. I really don't trust a whole lot of Breitbart myself, but neither here nor there. U.S. Navy announced Wednesday it has discharged 45 service members who refused to accept inoculation with the coronavirus vaccine. The personnel were released after failing to meet the November 28th deadline set by the Pentagon for the injection. 23 active duty sailors were amongst those let go. UPI reports the Navy said in a statement of those discharged, 22 were considered entry-level separations as they occurred within the initial training periods within their first 180 days of active service. So these are, you know, high school kids who are in good shape, who really have no need to get a vaccine for a virus that, guess what? They've got like a 99.8% chance of surviving. You got to keep in mind, that 0.2% chance of death that is that's 15 times higher chance of death than if they got the shot think about that two tenths of a percent is still 15 times higher than the likelihood of dying of not yeah the likelihood of dying if they had gotten the vaccine so the vaccine makes it like 0.0000 something percent chance of dying. In the grand scheme of things, that's really not a huge increase. That's like one person out of an increase of one person out of every 200,000 for that age group. That's not even back the envelope math. That's just me throwing numbers out there. So if you want to uh, fact check that claim, please, by all means, tweet it to me at Tyler Produces or write it, put it up on the uh, Relentless Daring Facebook page wall. Make sure I'm not losing my mind. Or that my uh, Woodford Reserve uh, powered math isn't completely off. You know, I like feedback. So, you know, if you want to feed me back, give me feedback, fact check me, go for it. I I will appreciate it. Maybe I'm wrong on my math. Maybe it's three people out of every 200,000. I don't know. All right, so this is a quote from Vice Admiral Bill Mertz, the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Operations Plans and Strategy. It is my responsibility to deliver the most capable force, and this guidance helps us maximize mission readiness. Uh-huh, by getting rid of young sailors who are in peak physical condition. Okay. The Navy continues to execute its mission around the world while we work through the challenges of this pandemic. Yeah, the Navy also had a boat with 
100% masking, 100% vaccination rate, and guess what? It still had to go into port because too many people had the vid. Too many people had the vid, and it was combat ineffective, so it had to go to port until enough people recovered that they could you know, they, they could go back underway. People expelled for refusing the vaccine will receive a general honorable discharge, but could lose certain benefits or be forced to repay the cost of training and education in some cases, the Navy explained last year when announcing the compulsory vaccination program. So, yeah, they're, they're going to threaten to take their VA benefits. That's like one of the biggest things is that VA health care, as awful as it can be, as horrible as the bureaucracy known as the Department of Veterans Affairs can, as horrible as it can feel when you're trying to navigate that as a, you know, you know freshly out of the service veteran. Are you really, really hurting anyone? But it's still nice to have. Navy personnel who can claim an exemption from mandatory vaccines for health or other reasons can be reassigned from their current duties. Ah, yes. Because if you have completed, if you have completed the course at Coronado and BUDS, and all of your other pipeline training to become a SEAL, and you get your Navy, and you get the Navy to approve your religious exemption, they will reassign you. That sounds like you're being punished and removed from the fleet in general. Because, yeah, you got this exemption. You you can't go fight and die. As of Thursday, there will. There were still 5,035 active duty sailors and 2,860 reserve service members who were unvaccinated, the official notification read. Of vaccinated and active duty sailors, 10 have permanent medical exemptions, 259 have temporary medical exemptions, with 59 administrative exemptions awarded. Ah, that's probably the, uh, the religious exemptions. They finally started awarding them. The Marine Corps, as of last week, had discharged 334 Marines. The few, the proud, the pure-blooded. And the Air Force, as of this week, had discharged 111 airmen for refusing the shots. The Army is the only remaining service yet to have discharged any active-duty personnel for refusing to have mandatory shot, the Army Times noted. Which I'm sure the Army Times are, I'm sure they're absolutely just, how dare they? It's total ridiculousness that, you know, here we have a potential conflict brewing overseas. You know, Russia is starting to mass its troops on the Ukrainian border. Now, I'm not I'm not jumping on the uh the Warhawk bandwagon here. I really don't want to send our young men and women to die for Ukraine. I I well, I understand that it could be a stopping a stopping point to make Putin go, okay, we don't want to push further into Europe because you know, America's actually here whipping our asses. I understand that. And it, it's still something I'm not 100% really, re- as a veteran, wanting to commit troops to. But that being put aside... With the potential for war, I mean, there's always the potential for war. There's always the potential that somebody's going to be an asshole and incur the wrath of the United States military. 
You're going to tell me that because somebody did not get their series of Moderna vaccinations, that they are medically unfit to fight? I'm sorry. If they can go about their duties, complete their duties without having a shot, if that it warrants them being kicked out of the military, I guess that makes me a badass because I was sent into the mountains of Afghanistan on an air assault mission with dysentery and crap myself coming off the coming off the HLZ where we got dropped. I that's medically ready. Having dysentery being dehydrated, not being able to keep food in your system because it just goes straight through. That's medically ready, but, oh, you didn't get a shot. And then on top of it, from the sound, from the sounds of it, from this article, those, those personnel in the Navy who have been granted exemptions, whether temporary, permanent, or administrative those guys are those guys are being reassigned possibly from non-combat roles if you're in the fleet being kept stateside it makes absolutely no sense why is the military going out of its way to hurt the military I understand. I understand the whole idea of purging troops who are going to be like, um, yeah, that's an illegal order. I'm not going to do that. I get it. They're trying to purge those people out. And it sounds like, you know, they're wanting to purge people who, you know, you know, COVID is not that big of a deal. Why do I need a shot? They want to get rid of those people because they're threatening to think for themselves. As much as the the Trevor Noahs of the world, the Don Lemons of the world, oh, yeah, 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 you go think for yourself. What what background in thinking for yourself do you have? You went and you read a study? Actually, I read like 20 studies. Several of them were conflicting with the rest. So that being said, I did this thing called, you know, you know, risk assessment. Risk assessment is a perfectly good thing to run with. Well, crap. It says the shots prevents X, Y, and Z and, you know, helps helps you keep from getting A, B, and C and one, two, and three, but the study says that based on my age and my weight and my overall health, I'm better off not getting the shot. I mean, why is why is that suddenly make you persona non grata with so many of these crazy leftists? It's nuttier than holiday fruitcake. It's... I said, it's something I don't get. And I do understand the need for certain vaccinations if you are deploying. Hepatitis A, hepatitis B, those are blood-borne illnesses. Guess what? You get exposed to blood in combat. So having vaccinations against blood-borne illnesses, such as Hep A and B, that makes sense because... Yeah, if you're working with a bloody American here, he's probably not going to have the Hep A or B. But if you're in a third world country fighting against the third world nationals, where you know medical care is not exactly what it is in the United States, if you're having to patch up, uh, you have local military, local police, interpreters, day laborers. 
or even you find wounded enemy combatants, because we're a kinder, gentler, kinder, gentler army now. Yeah, you just you just don't go, oh, well, he's wounded. You just don't do that now. But and now we treat him. And you don't always have uh, wonderful you know, latex gloves in the field. Sometimes it's just your regular combat gloves. And then you throw them and have them incinerate after the mission's over. Shots like that make sense. Potentially deadly illnesses that you could come across because of water, typhoid. Yeah, you get a typhoid vaccine when you're in the military. That makes sense. You could drink some really nasty water. That typhoid vaccine will come in handy. Hell, I've been twice vaccinated against smallpox while I was in the Army. Because, you know, 2003, going into Iraq, well, Saddam's been trying to buy the yellow cake and build nuclear bombs. We don't know what else he's doing. He he, could have stolen that last vial of smallpox from the Russians. So now we need smallpox vaccines for all the soldiers so they don't get smallpox. Okay, it seems a little that seems a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, it makes sense to me. Cool. Of course, I had friends in 2003 who were going to Korea who had to get the smallpox vaccination. Going to oh, you're going to be going to a tropical paradise, such as you know any place we really haven't been in a long time. There's lots of mosquitoes there. Congratulations. You get the yellow fever vaccine. These are things that make sense. Because those are diseases that will really put you out of the fight. I understand. COVID, even on a seemingly healthy person, every now and then, once in a blue moon, it can just absolutely put someone's life in jeopardy. But typically, at the age of people serving in the military, the ones who are affected have huge Issues with comorbidities, morbidly obese, heart conditions, diabetes. You know, a lot of conditions that, frankly, if you have them and you try to enlist, you're not enlisting. So, why we're forcing jabs on people who, based on their age and their overall health and fitness... doesn't make sense. And then kicking them out and threatening them with dishonorable discharges or an honorable discharge, but we're going to we're going to withhold benefits or make you pay for going to boot camp. Yeah, that that makes even less sense. All right, one more little thing before I get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, the hippies are being hippies again. Of course, they're not saying, damn the man. They're not saying, hell no, we won't go. They're saying, uh, yeah, back in the 70s, man, I was all about free speech. But that Joe Rogan, man, he's full of misinformation. Dude, how much misinformation did you spread as a damn hippie, Neil Young? Joni Mitchell. Yeah, uh, she she told Spotify that, like, Neil Young, you know, they can pave over her paradise and put up a parking lot. I know, I, I, I had to, I really reached for that joke. But you know what? I already I already told it, so pfft, I don't care. But yeah, the idea that oh my god, people don't literally listen to my music, man. I'm gonna pull it from Spotify. It got so bad. Peter Frampton, which okay, Peter Frampton is a great guitar player. He still has less monthly plays than Joe Rogan. 
But he's he's he pulled his music from the from the Spotify. Like I said, Joni Mitchell. They started a rumor that Barry freaking Manilow pulled his music from Spotify over the the whole Joe Rogan thing. And I'm happy to say that Barry Manilow was very confused, had no idea what people were talking about. And if you are into Barry Manilow music, congratulations, Barry Manilow is still on Spotify. However, it's also been it's also been reported that if Spotify does not remove Joe Rogan, artists such as Yoko Ono will platform her music on Spotify. Nickelback will record a new album if Joe Rogan does not remove himself from Spotify, which, all right, controversial take. Nickelback actually has good music. Yes, the studio heavily influenced their sound, so then you ended up with a couple songs early on that sounded just exactly the same with different lyrics. But overall, they're great musicians, and they release great albums. It's just, you know, I actually have, an, I actually have enough, uh, enough huevos to admit that I like their music. Everyone else who jumps on the bandwagon, oh, their music sucks. They're secretly listening to it. They just won't tell anyone because they're scared. They're cowards. They're the real betas. But yeah, the the whole oh, I'm an old hippie and and people actually care what I think. And a lot of millennials are j- going, yeah, yeah, Neil Young, you tell them. And then look around each other and go, who the hell is Neil Young? He looks like he looks like some boomer. Yeah, it's one. That's one of those few times where um, it's one of those times where boomer jokes are absolutely, absolutely great to use because a he is a boomer and he's an idiot. So by all means, take your crap music and keep it to yourself, Neil Young. No one wants to hear it. No one cares. And I will. Keep on rocking in the free world. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's show. Again, those of you who are in the live room listening to us live, I know it's kind of repetitive. Silence! Um, thank you so much for tuning in live and hanging out. Even though it has been... Wyatt in the uh, the live chat. It's cool. It's cool you were here listening. That's all I care about. Get those numbers up. Ye buddy. But again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to support this show, I have started a coffee account. That's ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Check it out. Go over there and buy me a cup of coffee as little as $3.00. That's money that goes back into the show. Or maybe you set up a recurring payment. It, you can use PayPal. You can use Stripe and use the actual you know credit card you know, your bank debit card or whatever. And it all works out great. It all goes into you know new equipment. It goes into hosting fees, all of that stuff. It just keeps the show on the air, keeps me, keeps me solvent. Keeps me from having to work another 50 to 60 hours a week on top of the ones I already work to keep all this thing afloat. So, again, thank you so very much for listening. That's ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Support the show. Give, buy me a cup of coffee. Like I said, as little as 3 bucks, or you step a recurring payment, and then boom, every month you want to be a full-time sponsor of the show. I will tell you this. If you are a person who donates to the show and keeps it going, when I have special episodes, like uh, coming up, I have another interview with John Androsic from Five for Fighting. When that episode is ready, if you are a financial backer of this show, congratulations, you have bought early access to interview episodes. So again, 
all this goes into keeping the show going. Um, the other things they ask, if you're listening to this on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, <coughs> pardon me, whenever you, at the end of the show, please go rate and review it. You know, but first, you got to hit that subscribe button, get notified every week when the new show posts. That way, if you're not listening live, you can at least catch it on the flip-flop. So subscribe, rate it, five stars. I'll accept four, three and below. We need to have a talk. DM me on Twitter at Tyler Produces, and you know we'll we'll figure out what's going on that you're only wanting to rate me three stars or less. And once you have rated, write a review, say something nice about the show, embellish it if you will. I will accept all the embellishment I can get. And finally, please share this episode, share the show, send it to people who you think will like the show. Hell, better yet, send it to people who you think this show will piss off. I will gladly be a tool for the harassment and haranguing of others. It's what I do. Hate and discontent. God bless America. Again, thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.